Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Marcy Ann, and this is the uh, my Christmas show this year. <clears throat> and I want to play um, 20 minutes of my Christmas show from last year <coughs> so that we could see where we were then, and and then I'll talk about where we are now, and then we'll take a look at where we're going to go. This is going to be exciting. I am very excited about 2017, so... Let's just take a a little trip here. So earlier in the show today, I said I didn't celebrate Christmas. So I thought since this is the Christmas season, I might go into some of the details of that statement um, because it does tie in with uh, no more war. Uh, for 2,000 years now, we've been saying, uh, you know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. We sing it in our Christmas songs at Christmas time, peace on earth. So we always have these beautiful pictures of, you know, the star shining in the east and the baby on the in the manger, and we say peace on earth, peace on earth. So let's look at this. Um <clears throat> Since Jesus visited the earth, which is uh, why we originally started to celebrate Christmas, it was supposed to be Jesus' birthday. Although Jesus didn't say to remember his birth, he said to remember his death. (laughs) But Christians celebrate the birth of Jesus anyway on December 25th, calling it Christmas, using what Christians believe to be Jesus' last name, Christ, you know, they say Jesus Christ, like Jesus is the first name and Christ is the last name. And then it was celebrated with a Mass in um, the Catholic Church, so uh, it was Christ Mass, so Christmas. <clears throat> well, first of all, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Uh, the word Christ uh, means anointed one. It's a title, like Mr. or Professor or Doctor is translated from uh, the Hebrew uh, from a word that means the Messiah because the early followers of Jesus, you know, they were Jews. Those early followers, the disciples, were Jews. And uh, they believed that Jesus was the Messiah that was prophesied to come in the Old Testament. And so uh, they used that word. Uh, in the in Hebrew for Messiah, <clears throat> and then it came turn. Then it went on to be Christ. Uh, so Christians are taught that Jesus was born on December 25th. Although <laughs> the story in the Bible says that the shepherds were in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night. Well, they don't do that in December in Israel. Um, it's too cold. So um, uh, it'd be more likely that, uh, in fact, 
scientific exploration into this uh, idea as to when Jesus was really born seems to indicate that it was in August. Uh, scientists have looked into that, whatever that star was in the East, and associated it with a celestial happening uh, the year of Jesus' birth that happened in August. And shepherds would be in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night in August. So, um, so wh- why do Christians celebrate December 25th? Well, I looked into that. So when uh, Constantine became the emperor of Rome, he embraced Christianity. But most of the people under his reign at that time were worshiping Sol Invictus in the Latin or translated the Invincible Son. And the worship of the sun goes way, way, way back into ancient times because without the sun, our planet would not be able to be inhabited. So the ancient peoples saw that the sun was the giver of life and worthy of worship. And for thousands of years, people have been celebrating the birth of the sun uh, at the winter solstice. We do today. It's actually the rebirth of the sun. As the days start to get longer at the winter solstice, um, I live in California, and when we um, turn our clocks back uh, the first of November, and the sun starts setting around four thirty, um, five o'clock, and then four forty-five, and then up to four thirty, our shortest day is like uh, the sun sets at four forty-three. And um, I call those the dark days. There's six weeks of it from November 1st until December 21st. And when December 21st comes for me, which is supposed to be the first day of winter, I feel like winter's over because the days start to get longer. And uh, there are lots of celebrations here uh, at the beach and in other places where I live here in Orange County that do do um, festivals. Uh, winter uh, winter solstice festivals. The Greek Orthodox Church has a winter solstice festival. So it goes back to ancient, ancient, ancient times. And what is really interesting to me this year, uh, uh, that the whole earth, whole earth seems to be looking at this winter solstice date this year, 12-21-12, as the end of something and the beginning of something else. Uh, you know, it was in the Mayan calendars, and there's been so much talk about it, like the end of the world. Well, um, to say the end of the world, um, that could be true, because uh, a world is an organized system. Uh, It's not the same word for Earth. So it's not the end of the Earth, but it could be the end of a lot of worlds. We're seeing... Uh, different worlds um, having some some trouble right now. <laughs> I know when Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel, well, he meant to go into the worlds, you know, the world of cats, the world of dogs, the world of motorcycles, the world of football. <laughs> it's many, many, many worlds, the world of the banking system, 
the world of the unions. I mean, there's a lot of worlds right now that need to be looked into, and maybe it's time for them to come to an end. But there's always a new world opening, and many, many new worlds are opening right now, especially in the fields of alternative Healthcare. That's just such an exciting new, those are exciting new worlds opening up. So then that would mean the world of drugs and the world of surgery would have to um, uh, maybe pass away. <laughs> so, uh, but I think right now the other thing that's happening is we're making a great big shift. And part of that shift is that the old ways of warfare and bloodshed are now going to go behind us, that world of warfare and bloodshed. And we're going to enter into what Christmas is really all about, peace on earth, goodwill to, towards men. Well, so Constantine declared December 25th as the birth of Jesus so that in his kingdom, so that all the peoples in his kingdom would be celebrating together because, you know, 95% of them were celebrating the birth of the, the rebirth of the son. And so they could also celebrate the birth of the son of God. So the some were celebrating the son, the birth of the son, S-U-N, and then the other uh, minorities were celebrating the birth of the Son, S-O-N, of God. And when you think about it, that's a pretty awesome connection, don't you think? So during the festival of the Sol Invictus, people cut down trees and brought them into the house and put candles on them, which is why we have the Christmas tree. And they had a big dinner together and celebrated. And But who knows when that commercial idea of getting giving gifts started that was that part of Christmas is just another part of corporate America that also starts wars for profit. Many retailers don't even show a profit until they start their Christmas sales, which is why they call that big day Black Friday, you know, after Thanksgiving, because that's when the retailers really start to show their sales figures in black. They've run all year long in red, so by Black Friday they start to show some profits. So um, uh, the big reason I don't celebrate Christmas is because Jesus said not to. He said he did, he said not to celebrate his birth. <laughs> he said to to remember his death. And so why would he say to remember his death? And since we've already talked a little bit. Uh, on this show about making your preparations for your death. And then Jesus says, remember his death. Let's see why. Oh, I have a young man who's been helping me with my radio show get started, and he's a Christian, and he's waiting for the second coming of Jesus. And I told him I had been hearing that since I was eight years old. <laughs> and I said, I really don't want to disappoint you, but, you know, Jesus is not coming again in the way that you think he is. So perhaps I could introduce you to who Jesus really is. Um, Jesus is the creator son of our universe. Our universe. Our universe, not just the solar system. Not just our Milky Way galaxy, but our whole universe. Now, there are millions of universes and millions of creator suns. And Jesus is the creator son of our 
universe. And he's visited many, many, many places in his universe. This isn't the only place he came. Most places he visited, they treated him with honor and glory because they knew who he was and they were blessed by his visit. But here, we tried to kill him because his message was one of peace and individual power. There's nothing in Jesus' message about war. It's pray for those that despitefully use you. It's turn the other cheek, walk the second mile. There's nothing about fighting. And so this um, peace and individual power just didn't fit in with the warfare attitude of the rulers of the earth at that time and the desire of individuals to have and to keep the power. See, those people with the power wanted to keep the power over the populaces for their own personal profit. And uh, there's a lot of that still going on today. You got to keep the people dumb. You can't let them know anything. Don't let them have their own power. We want them to do what we tell them. So Jesus shed his blood. So why is the shedding of his blood so important? Well, the young man with the sh- helps me with the show said, "Well, there was a reason why the people tried to kill him, and that is true. It was a wonderful reason." For Jesus to shed his blood, and it has nothing to had nothing whatsoever to do uh, with the fact that we are sinners. God sees us as perfect, without spot or blemish. God loves us totally, completely, unconditionally, with no reservations. There's nothing we can do that would separate us from God's love. Nothing. I don't care. What you can, the worst you can come up with, and certainly the news spreads it before us every single day of all the horrible things that people do. But there's nothing that can be said, no one, nothing that we do, and no one can possibly be separated from the love of God, and that includes Hitler and the Muslims and any other part of the creation that's been singled out as unworthy and unacceptable. We are all part of God, and love God loves all parts of himself. We come from the heart of God. We come from the heart of God, and God just doesn't have love. God is love. So when Jesus visited this part of his, of his universe, because our planet had been caught in that, um, I'm not going to get into this part of the story, but I'll just say that our planet was one of that went in with the Lucifer Rebellion. And Lucifer is not Satan. This is a whole other thing we'll talk about some other time. But our planet went into that rebellion and developed this warfare attitude that we have, still have. And so Jesus visited it. He shed his blood here to cleanse the earth of all the blood that had been shed here since Cain killed Abel. And this final act of shedding the blood it was the, to be the final act of shedding blood here is to free us of, of this warfare spirit that t- has taken over our souls and pitted brother against brother. You know, that whole thing in the Middle East is just brother against brother. It's Abraham's sons, Isaac and Ishmael, fighting over that piece of land over there. 
two brothers. They're half-brothers, but I'm a half-sister to my sister and my two brothers. I had a different dad. Uh, we share the same mother. We're we're um, half-relation, uh, but that doesn't make it uh, less relation. I mean, my mother didn't allow that in our home for me um that my mother didn't allow that. You know, I had a neighbor um, that lived next door to me for a long time, and her dad died. And she and her sister have not spoken to one another since then because they both wanted his bathrobe. Can you believe it? His old, worn-out bathrobe. They both wanted it. They practically ripped it in shreds, fighting over it with one another. And she ended up with it. And they've not spoken to, to uh, one another since. That, so, so how can we have peace on earth, goodwill towards men, when brothers are still fighting brothers and sisters are still fighting sisters? And here we are, 2,000 years past the time Jesus visited here and shed his blood to cleanse the entire bloodline of the human race, all the way back to that first human who stood up on legs and walked and talked. And here we are, getting ready to celebrate another Christmas. And what is the media telling us? It's All it seems they're interested in is how much we're going to spend on our Christmas gifts. Is there any talk of peace on earth, goodwill toward men? I just guess it wouldn't be in the best interest of corporate America for us to have peace on earth. <laughs> We'd have to get rid of all the criminal shows on TV. Do you realize how many of them there are? All those shows about murder, 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 murder. What about the news? It's just the police blotter who killed who. I just think what the news directors do is they just call the police department and get the news to get their news stories. How is this helpful for us to know who's been who killed who? How does that help us in our daily life? Um, does this foster peace on earth, goodwill toward men? You know, if we had peace on earth, we wouldn't make any more money making wars and all the tanks, airplanes, drones, those million billion dollar war machine. Actually, that could be a way to balance our budget and get rid of the fiscal cliff to stop the wars. Uh, I think around 22 to 24% of the budget goes for defense. And if we stopped celebrating Christmas, there wouldn't be a Black Friday and retailers would have to <laughs> figure out some other way <laughs> to make a profit besides Christmas. <laughs> Well, what would the world look like if we did have peace on earth, goodwill towards men? And uh, the fact that Jesus shed his blood would have some meaning for us. Well, each and every one of us could begin to walk in our own personal power, operating in the autonomy of using our very own special gifts and talents. And we would make our gifts and talents available to the earth. Each person would be respectful of every other person 
As John Lennon said, imagine all the people living in harmony. (laughs) You know, you can stand on that circle in Central Park at the memorial for John Lennon there. Has this big word imagine in a circle. And uh, my daughter and I were just there, and we stood on that circle. And people, it was so wonderful when people began to enter towards it. I know they could feel that magnetic power. And it's like they felt like they, you feel like you're entering holy ground. You just come into it. And while you stand there, you feel the most incredible peace. And you feel at one with all things. It it touches your soul. And actually, it's what we all want, really, way, way, way down deep inside of us. <clears throat> Isn't that what we want? Don't you think that's the power of Facebook and all the other social media? We want to be connected. We want to... Uh, be one with everybody, and we are getting to know each other, getting to know you, getting to know all about you, and to know what we that we uh, we're really all a lot alike. We all really want the same things. We're all in the pursuit of happiness and that and being uh, loving towards one another. And we can say, "I don't want to bomb you. I love you." <laughs> Make your poster. I don't want to bomb you. I love you. (laughs) So let's make our posters, and let's stop the bombs bursting in air. We'll stop the bloodshed. We'll give up that warfare spirit and allow love to rule in our hearts. And boy, before I die, I'm going to live to see this happen. Real peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Merry Christmas. Well, that was four years ago, not just last year's show. <clears throat> I realized it was in um, 12, 12, 12, 12, you know, when <clears throat> a lot of people were uh, prophesying that it was the end of all things. <laughs> it was the end of a lot of things. <clears throat> and uh, so then I kind of wanted to look at what has been happening then um, these four years uh, up until today. <clears throat> and um, as I was preparing this show, a friend of mine stopped by and she says, are you debunking Christmas? She says, why do you want to do that? I mean, especially now after four years of being blitzed by the media with every single most terrible thing that's ever happened anywhere. And we're just too overloaded with constant crisis and impending doom and horrific daily instances of the worst of the worst. She says, we need to have one day of peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Well, I said, you know, I just keep wondering how bad it's going to get. And then it gets worse because we went from nude selfies to sitting on the potty selfies. I mean... Are we all just waiting to see people do their poopy? When will we reach the bottom of our lasciviousness? With this daily dose of mayhem and murder and exaggerations and downright, outright lies and 
local, national, and international crises and constant threats to our safety? Well, maybe it is pretty harsh for me to debunk Christmas. I hope no one will put a selfie out there on Christmas if they're pooping their Christmas turkey in their apple pie a la mode. So perhaps Christmas could be the one day out of 365 when we do pause and reflect and we return to graciousness and thankfulness and loving and being loved and peace and joy and righteousness. So I don't want to debunk Christmas. I'm just suggesting now that we change the reason why we celebrate Christmas. Okay, now I did quit celebrating Christmas as Jesus' birthday back in 1970. And um, and in this show now, and that's what I talked about, you know, in my 2012 Christmas show. So on this show for 2016, I just want to make some suggestions for celebrating Christmas from now on. Now, first of all, I keep my Christmas tree up all year. And as I travel, I pick up Christmas tree ornaments from everywhere I go. (laughs) So rather than just seeing them once a year for a couple weeks, I see them every day and I enjoy them every day. And having my Christmas tree up all year keeps what, you know, we have called the Christmas spirit alive and well all year for me. I just don't take one day a year to be moral, thankful, and full of love for everyone I do this every day. And my Christmas tree is the symbol of this attitude. Now, since December 25th isn't Jesus' birthday, and since Jesus never said to celebrate his birthday anyway, I think we should take Jesus totally out of the whole Christmas story. Now, we've already cleared and cleansed our holiday environments of nativity scenes and public religious pageants and services, not saying Merry Christmas. So let's just go all the way, totally disassociate and disconnect December 25th with it being Jesus' birthday and that that's why we are celebrating The whole reason I originally did my December 2012 show, which my friend judged as debunking Christmas, (laughs) was to examine why we do celebrate Christmas. And I found that, you know, why we celebrate Christmas is a great big lie. It's not Jesus' birthday. Jesus wasn't born of a virgin. Mary and Joseph were married Jesus wasn't poor. His great uncle was the richest man in the whole area at that time. And his family was also very well-to-do. And the stable, supposedly that he, where he was born, was a fancy guest house on the property of one of his great uncle's friends. So if we remove the part of Christmas that, there, that isn't true, there's nothing left as far as the story of Jesus. So then we can really begin to create something to celebrate that has true meaning and is real and has purpose. So we could just begin to associate Christmas with family and begin to think in terms of our family 
being everyone on the earth. Peace on earth, goodwill towards all of our family. Now, these past four years, we have been able to hear from every small voice of diversity within our culture. The gay person, the transvestite, the transgender, the androgynous, and all of the levels of the disabled and the disadvantaged. We've had to reexamine the racial diversities within our culture. We've heard again from the African-American that there are still some inequities. And we've also re-asked ourselves if indeed this is still the land of the free. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and the right to bear arms. And now that we have just about put every aspect of our culture under the microscope and dissected everything in front of everybody, well, now beginning in 2017, let's all begin to accept one another and become one great big family and have December 25th be family day as we move towards peace on earth, goodwill towards all of our family. Well, in order to be at peace with members of our family, (laughs) we will all need to look at each other as they are, not as we wish they would be. We just would have to allow each person to be who they are. And we have to accept that person that way. Because all of our looking at the other person and wishing them to be something other than what they are is a judgment. So we would need to eliminate all judgment regarding who or what everybody should be doing. And then each person can truly be free to be who they are. And so 2017 will begin the time on earth when everybody quits judging everybody else and just begins to concentrate on who they are. Well, what would that look like? What would that be like if everybody released all judgment? Well, if everybody released all judgment, that would be the end of all evil. Because evil wouldn't have any more power. That's right. There's just one power, and that power is God. God is energy, and all life is energy. And the power that energizes everything is of God. So everyone's power comes from God. But the way something gets to be evil, so, is, is, is if we say it is evil, then we are using our God power to energize evil by seeing it as evil and calling it evil. So if everyone quit shouting about all the evil, evil would just be powerless and it would disappear. But as long as we as a culture continue to point out the most horrendous acts of the human being, as long as we continue to exaggerate and venerate murders and killing 
and make it our number one news story every every newscast? As long as we continue to pick the worst thing that has happened globally every day and shout it from the housetops, evil is going to continue to expand and expand. And it is expanding with the power that we give to it. So beginning in 2017, we could all begin to see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Make that your New Year's resolution. I'm going to quit empowering evil. (laughs) I'm only going to use my God power to love and to do goodwill to all of my family, brothers, and sisters on the earth. You know, I have a collection of the monkeys who see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Because this has kind of been my life's journey this time, to finally make it so that I no longer empower evil in my life. And it kind of shook me up when my friend said that she didn't see why it was necessary to debunk Christmas. And I had to wonder if by telling the truth about Christmas was I empowering evil. Because for me, it's knowing the truth that empowers good. God's power provides us the energy for us to establish and to live in our own personal truth with no need for validation from without. Our own personal truth is for our own highest and best good, and it's only for us. We can't go out telling somebody else what their truth is. The only truth we're able to establish is the truth for ourselves. And our own personal truth would not empower evil. So that's how you're going to know whether you're in the truth or not. If you looked at evil as darkness and truth as the light, Well, all you need to do then is to shine the light. Just walk in your own personal truth because light would swallow up all the darkness in your life because darkness cannot operate in the presence of light. So 2017 is the year for us all to establish our own personal truth and to empower our own truth with the energy of God that we all already have. The energy of God is your breath. So if you're breathing, (laughs) you're using your God energy. So start today to only let your God energy be used to bring about what you want in your life. Don't use your God energy for anything else. Don't use your God energy to protest against something. Use your God energy to develop something that you want in your life. Don't use your God energy to hate someone. Only use your God energy to love and to be loved. You know, you're the only one who's in charge of your God energy. What you do with it is going to either make your life miserable or happy, happy, happy. It's up to you. And if you're constantly using your God energy to seek out all of the worst of the worst of human behavior, just know that that's what you're empowering. 
it's just amazing to me what videos on YouTube have the most views. You know, 12 million views. People watching other people do horrible things. I mean, I don't get it. What's the attraction? Why do you want to see other people do ridiculous things, immoral things, acts of crime and punishment? I just don't understand this. Could someone please explain it to me? Because I just know that the more I have used my God energy to develop ideas and ways to make my life better, I like what happens in my life. I developed my business. I made a lot of money. And now I have everything I've ever wanted. So it just makes sense to me (laughs) to use the God power energy that I have to do things for myself that no one else was willing to do for me. You know, there's been a tremendous energy surge from the galactic realms recently, and it is now easier than it has ever been for each and every one of us to now realize our own personal sovereignty as a human being here upon the earth connected to every other human being. And we have an absolutely perfect role model in our president-elect, Donald Trump. He stands in his own personal sovereignty. You can see it in every look on his face. He has used his God power to do everything for himself that he wants for himself. Do you know that each one of us has the same amount of God power that Donald Trump has We are all little powerhouses of God's power. And what you give your time, your attention, your interest, your curiosity, your God energy to, you are empowering. So take a look. There are no more reasons now why you can't do what you want to do in your life. All the roadblocks have now been taken away. It's a clear path for everybody. No more excuses. No more expecting someone else to do it for us. We are all little powerhouses of God's power. Let's put all of our power into peace and joy and righteousness and goodwill towards all of our human family here on earth. Merry Christmas, family.